How you guys doing this morning? Man, this was a this was a fun time. It was a very special day for me, obviously. You're like, another Cheshire? Another Cheshire? Another Cheshire? <laughs> so many. Um, it was a wonderful day, and uh, I'm glad I got to celebrate with all of you, my church family, uh, momentous occasion, and making that public profession of our faith. It's a beautiful thing. So, so excited about that. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> So something that I've heard said many times, and, and those of you who are older can testify to this, um, that the smartest people in the world are those who ask the most questions. Would you guys agree that asking questions helps you get smart? You learn. You learn when you ask, right? And John, uh, not John Maxwell wrote a book on this, on like the art of asking questions, because John Maxwell writes a book about pretty much everything, um, but he wrote a book on it, and that's how important it was, and it was an excellent book, by the way, um, but something I've learned over the years is that if I want to learn, if I want to grow in wisdom, if I want to grow in knowledge, I need to ask questions, but it's hard to ask questions, isn't it, because when you ask someone a question, you have to admit you don't know something, right? It takes humility to ask someone a question. But the Bible makes it clear that this is something that God invites us to do. It says that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, advisors. The greatest kings of old had many advisors, people advising them on decisions, on how to make wise choices. But it's difficult to do. But when it comes to discernment, we've been talking about hearing the voice of God and discerning what God's will is for our lives. When it comes to discernment, we make it a lot harder on ourselves when we don't invite other people to be a part of the process, unnecessarily even. It gets a lot easier if we don't have to simply do it on our own. If all the pressure is on us to get it just right and hear God's voice perfectly, that's a lot of pressure. But we can relieve a little bit of that pressure if we if tap into the community of believers around us. There's a lot of wisdom, and God speaks through his people. Can you guys testify to that? Right, so many people have spoken in my lives and some of the most powerful moments and words I've had came through a person who was being obedient to the Lord and saying something that God put on their heart for me. The Bible says that two are stronger than one because if one falls down, the other can help lift them up again. A three-strand cord is not easily broken. So the title of my message today is Strength in Numbers. Strength in numbers. Let's pray over the word. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for celebrating salvation through baptism. Lord, thank you, God, for saving us from our sins, from washing us and making us clean, for adopting us into your family, for declaring us to be righteous and blameless in your sight, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for all of those incredible gifts you've given to us. And Lord, I just pray that you speak to us this morning through your word. Lord, I pray if anything comes forth out of my mouth that's from me, it'll fall to the ground and come to nothing, but that your words will remain and bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, we're continuing in our series, Ears to Hear. Today, we've been talking about the art of listening for the voice of God, posturing ourselves, positioning ourselves in a place where we can hear God's voice. And so we've talked about intimacy 
with hearing God's voice, the relational aspect of hearing the voice of God. But then over the last couple of weeks, we've kind of turned the corner towards the missionality of hearing God's voice. Discernment, asking God, what, God, what are you asking of me? What are you calling me to do? The big question of what's God's calling on my life? What is he inviting me into? And not just for my life, but even moment by moment in this moment. God, what are you asking of me? In this relationship, in this conversation, Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to speak? And discerning and hearing the voice of God in those moments. And so a couple of weeks ago, we started the conversation around discernment, and we talked about laying the foundation of truth. Because if we're talking about hearing God's voice, God only speaks truth, right? He can't lie. So everything that comes forth from his mouth is truth. So if we want to make sure that we're hearing God, then we need to lay a foundation of that truth in our lives to know what his voice sounds like, to be in the word and to understand how God speaks to us. And then last week, we talked about the false voices that come up in our hearts. When we're trying to hear God, all of these different false voices or these worries or cares of this life that pull at us in different directions and try to draw us away from the voice and the will of God. And so whether that be the voice of urgency that's pushing us to make decisions before God's timing, or whether that's the voice of discontentment, where we're just discontent with our current situation, and so we force God to say something that he's not saying, or whether that's the voice of insecurity in our lives, and we're reaching for value when we're already priceless in God's sight, or the voice of comfort, and we're trying to escape an uncomfortable situation, even though God might be doing something in that. So we talked about releasing our fears to God, shifting our focus to what God has already done in our our lives and what we can be grateful for, making truth our fortress so we can be secure in him, and then doubling down on our faithfulness. So no matter how uncomfortable it might become, we go back to our original promise, to this promise, that says, I'm in it for the long haul, right? And so we talked about that. So now that we've kind of laid the foundation, and we've pulled out those weeds, the cares of this world that kind of choke out the word, and now the ground is good. We've asked God to search our heart in discernment, see if there's any wrong way in us, right? And the ground is clear. So now we filter out those voices. What is God saying? What's the next step in discerning what God is saying to us? In the same way that I think we can be easily swayed by these false voices, it's also easy for our emotions to get in the way. How many of you guys know emotions are strong, right? Feelings, we feel our own feelings first, always, everyone does. Um, Now we can choose after we feel those feelings either to react or to respond, right? But we all feel our own feelings. It's something that we experience. And feelings, our feelings about things can get in the way from hearing the Lord. So when it comes to making big decisions or even life-altering type decisions, something that I think is important for us to do is what we talked about earlier. Tap in to the community around us, godly people, wise people that surround us that God has brought into our lives. And when my wife and I were deciding on whether or not we are supposed to move from Denver to Kansas City, And 
and pastor a church here, this church, <laughs> um, we went through this process. It was a huge decision, life-altering, because it was going to affect us, our marriage. It was going to affect our kids. And so we wanted to hear God, right? That's something you want to hear God about. And so we wanted to hear the Lord. And so we heard God, we prayed about it, and there were things that we felt God was saying where we said, oh, okay, we have these words, we have these things we felt like the Lord is saying, now let's take it a step further. And let's go externally outside of ourselves as well and see if God will affirm and confirm the things that he's spoken to our hearts. And I think that's important for us to do because internal can be a little messy, <laughs> even after we've cleared the ground. Philippians 1, 9 through 10 in the message says, so this is my prayer that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well, learn to love appropriately. And then it says, you need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. So he says, you need to use your head and test your feelings. And I think sometimes when it comes to hearing the voice of God and discerning what God is speaking to us, it's important for us to use our head and test our feelings and make sure that this is something that God truly is speaking into our lives. So something that through the years and through many mistakes in hearing God and some really big gaffes uh, Katie and I have had over the years uh, where we missed the Lord and we're like, yeah, yeah that wasn't God. Um, we've learned a few things along the way and, uh, and we have just a simple little four-step process that we try to follow when it comes to making these large decisions that I believe scripture speaks to. And so I wanted to share that with you guys this morning. Does that sound good? All right, so next steps. So we've cleared the ground. Okay, we've, we've asked God to search our hearts. We're praying. We're asking God for his discernment. What, is, what are you speaking to me? We've cleared the ground. And so now what's the next step? The first step always, 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 always the first step is pray. Pray, 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 pray. 100% of the time, always go to God first. Because why? Because we've submitted to him as Lord. We're not Lord. He is. So we go to him first. So when we have a decision to make, always, always pray. And with every one of these steps, there's a question that we need to ask ourselves. So first of all, we pray, and the question we ask ourselves is, what do we sense God saying internally? What do we sense the Lord saying in our hearts? Right? What is God saying? And so we take time, we ask God a question, and then we wait, and we listen. And then write down what God says or what you sense the Lord speaking to you. Get a journal. Write it down. If God's saying something, then it's worth writing down, right? <laughs> if God's talking, we should write it down. So get a journal, ask God, and then listen. Because Romans 8.16 says that the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Spirit will testify with our spirit. Right? He's going to speak to us and speak in our hearts. So the question we need to ask, ask ourselves is, what do we sense God saying? What words are we hearing when we pray? And we take the time to listen. So what words are we hearing? And then another question we need to ask ourselves is, what desires remain? After we've asked God to clear out these false voices, discontentment, insecurity, are there still longings there? Because there are good longings. There's things that God has placed in you because he's called you to do them. 
And so there are some longings and desires that aren't selfish. God's placed them within you because he's calling you into that. So what longings remain? What longings remain? What do we hear God saying? What longings remain? Um, Adele Calhoun in her book, Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, very creative title, um, says this, share your desires with God. What is it you want? Does your desire reflect some deeper desire? How does your desire or choice line up with love of God and others? How does the choice lead you deeper into faithfulness and goodness? But asking God, God, what longings are still there? Okay, so we have what words he's saying, what longings, and then the last thing that we need to ask ourselves when we're praying is, what feelings do you have? What feelings remain? Are they consolation? Ignatius of Loyola talked about the prayer of examine. There's two types of feelings, consolation and desolation. It's big words, but basically what it means is things that make you feel connected to God and to the life of God and things that make you feel cut off from the life of God, right? And so when you're praying, you ask yourselves, what am I feeling about this decision? Does this decision make me feel like I'm connected with God into his life? Or does it, is there something about it that makes me feel cut off from the life of God? And so we ask ourselves, what, what feelings are connected to this decision? Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. How many of you guys have heard someone say, I just felt a peace about it? Like when making a decision, you've heard, I felt a peace about it, right? Or I was led by that peace. Yeah, we need to let the peace of God rule in our hearts, right? So if we're making a decision and then we have these different choices and one of them just, we have a sense of peace, like this peace is just flooding us. Like, yeah, it just feels right. It feels good. That can be God speaking to us through that feeling of peace, leading us by his peace, right? And so that's a good question to ask ourselves. Okay, so we've done this. We take this time, we pray, we listen, ask God, okay, what are you saying? Write down words. What longings are there? Write that down, write everything down. And then do I have a feeling or a sense of peace, something that feels like I'm connected to the life of God or maybe this decision makes me feel cut off from the life of God? What am I feeling? So you answer those questions and let's say you leave that time of prayer and you're like, yes, God has spoken to me. All right, I know what I'm supposed to do. A lot of times that's where we leave it and then we act. What I'm asking you to do is maybe pause before you just jump into it, okay? And then take another step. Take, one, take another step of intentionality. So now we've heard something from the Lord. Okay, that's great. We're carrying that with a fear of God. And then step number two, unite. So if you're married... Step number two is unite and ask yourself the question, are you and your spouse in agreement? Are you and your spouse in agreement on this decision? Because that is essential. <laughs> and you guys were like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you make decisions without your spouse's agreement, bad things happen. We all know that. So we need to unite <laughs> I've never done that, of course, you know, I, yeah. see, she agrees, that's my wife, all right, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, 
Submit to each other out of your reverence for who? Christ. Verse 31, for this reason a man will leave his mother and his father and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Remember, you submit to each other out of your reverence for Jesus. It's because you revere him. What what, what does that mean? You revere his design for marriage, that the two are one. So if we revere God's design for marriage, then we're not going to move forward without agreement with our spouse. Because if it affects both you and your wife and your family, you got to move forward as a unified front. Otherwise, disaster awaits, right? The health of your marriage and the health of your family can be at stake. Mark 3, 24 and 25 says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So when we're making decisions and we're discerning God's will, we have to be in agreement with our spouse. If you're married, there's got to be agreement. So we hear something that Katie and I have done in the past is that we'll take some time to pray separately about something and try to hear the Lord and we'll write it down and then we'll come together and we'll see what the other person heard from the Lord before we say anything because we don't want to affect them, right? And so we'll listen. And I mean, most of the time we're in alignment and we're hearing the same thing because we serve the same, same God. But we also understand that we are human, And we're imperfect, and we can miss God. Our feelings can get in the way. Different things can happen, and we can miss the Lord. So we go to the next step. We go externally, and we go to our spouse, and we make sure they win agreement. Okay, so so we've prayed about it. We felt like God's spoken something to us. Then the next step, we're united together with our spouse in making a decision. That's excellent. Or if you're single, then you're united with yourself and with the Lord. All right, and then number three. Search, search. So pray, unite, and then search. And the question we ask ourselves is, what does the wisdom found in Scripture say? What does the wisdom of Scripture say? Now, I know that we're talking about things that don't necessarily have a moral imperative, like should I have this job or this job? Like there's not like the evil job and the good job, right? So it's, there's not something wrong or right in the decision, So we're trying to hear the Lord on those kind of things, which are a lot of things in our lives. A lot of things are like that. They kind of fall into that kind of neutral zone. So the word of God might not tell you, take this job. But there is a way of wisdom that is in Scripture. There is a way that wisdom operates. Just like Jesus had a way of talking to people and encountering people. And it's important for us to not separate the truth of Jesus from the way of Jesus. The attitude, his flow, the the way he connected with people. And the same is true about wisdom. There is a way of wisdom that we find in scripture. In fact, the, the Bible talks about wisdom as a person. In Proverbs, it talks about lady wisdom, like an actual person. So we have to ask ourselves the question, what does wisdom say? Like if wisdom the person of wisdom, Lady Wisdom was here, what would her counsel be in this situation? What does wisdom have to say about this? Proverbs 8, 12 through 14 says, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. 
I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. You notice wisdom, what does it hate? Pride and arrogance. That I got this mentality. Wisdom doesn't like that. That is not the way of wisdom. The way of wisdom is humility, submission, and the fear of the Lord. Amen? So with this, with this question of wisdom comes a question I've heard a lot of people ask over the years, and I've asked myself multiple times in my life. What if I'm praying and asking God about something, and what I feel the Lord telling me to do seems kind of foolish? For instance, like stepping out of a boat in the middle of the storm at sea. That seems a little foolish, right? But Jesus did tell Peter to come. So Peter heard Jesus. Now that's the difference. He knew it was the Lord. And when we know it's the Lord, then we can have full confidence to take a step of faith that might seem a little foolish. But what do we do in those situations where we feel like the Lord is telling us to do something that takes a lot of courage and faith and it might not seem super wise. It might seem a little strange, a little off the cuff, right? What do we do in those situations? Well, I, I think the answer changes in every situation. It depends on the situation. What is God saying, right? That's the big question. But I will say this. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear and reverence of God is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear of God is number one. Meaning if God asks us to do something, and even if it makes us feel uncomfortable, and it might be hard, and it might take a lot of faith, and it might take a lot of courage, it's better to be in the storm with Jesus than on the shore without him, Right? And so we want to say yes to Jesus no matter what. But we also always want to take the way of wisdom into account in our decision making. So, so we're at this place. We've prayed. We've heard God. God said something to us. Or we have this feeling, this longing. We're in agreement with our spouse. The way of wisdom seems to align. All right, we're ready to go. We're ready to just make the decision and move forward, right? One last step, one more. And I think this may be the most important one. And that is listen. So we pray, we unite, we search, but then we listen. And we ask ourselves the question, what are wise counselors saying? What are wise counselors Saying, Proverbs 1.5 says, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Proverbs 12.15, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Proverbs 15.22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 19.20 and 21, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. We have to stop trying to do everything on our own when we don't have to, right? We don't have to do it on our own. It can be really hard. I know it's hard for me to ask for advice and ask for counsel. 
from people. But life's easier when we ask questions. So let's ask. So what I would encourage you in these situations, when you have something that you're praying about and you're trying to discern the Lord, discern from the Lord, pick three people. Three people that are wise counselors, someone that maybe mentors in your life. It could maybe even be a close friend. But three different people who you believe love the Lord and are full of wisdom. And then ask them questions about the decision that you're making. And there's four questions that are in this book that I mentioned earlier about spiritual disciplines that I really love. And this is something that Katie and I when we were praying about coming here, we asked some different counselors these four questions about the decision to move here and to, to pastor a church. Question number one, am I being a good steward with this decision? Two, am I running away from or towards something rather than waiting? Am I open to a different path? And then the last question, does this choice serve communion and community? Communion with God in my community, my family, my marriage. Does it serve those things? So we, we took these four questions and we brought these four questions to three different counselors. And I think it might, might have been more than that. And we said, hey, could you pray with us about this decision we're making? And then could you think through these four questions? Do you see maybe if we're not being a good steward? Or do you see us running away from something? Do you see maybe that we're not open to another path and we're just kind of got tunnel vision on something? Do you see us not thinking about our family or not thinking about communion with the Lord with this decision? Do you see that? And we're inviting people in. And it takes humility to do that, to invite people in and say, hey, do you see any blind spots? Am I missing something? We won't see our blind spots. That's, that's what a blind spot is. And that's why it's so important. We have this incredible family. Let's tap into that. And then all the pressure isn't on just you to hear God perfectly. You got people around you, supporting you. So you ask the questions, you go to wise counselors, and then does their counsel align? And hey, that was something that we had. It was so great. When we made the decision to move here into pastor, we had complete confidence that God had spoken to us because everything was in alignment. Every counselor said, yes, I, I believe that's God. I believe that's the Lord. I believe that's the Lord. Wise people who love the Lord spoke into our lives and we had complete confidence and it was scary. It's scary to make big decisions about your career or about moving your family or about whatever it is or stepping into a new ministry or whatever that God's calling you to do. It takes a lot of courage to do those things. But man, if we can have that confidence and assurance that yes, the Lord has spoken to me, then man, that we have boldness and we can step into the will of God fully trusting that his spirit is behind us and in front of us. And then good things happen when God's present, right? So what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Listening to the advice and counsel of godly people, humbling ourselves and accepting their advice. Remember, God gives grace to who? The humble. So if we want to fall on grace, best path forward is humility. Amen.
So sometimes in our lives, we have good friends and good people who love God, and we go to them, we're like, yeah, man, I just feel like God said this thing, and we're going to do this, and we're going to go, and we're going to leave everything behind, and we're going to follow Jesus, and we're gonna, we don't have any money or anything or any plans. We're just going to get on a plane, and we're going to just transform the world. And then a good friend tells us, mm, ah, bro, I don't think that's God. I think that's you. <laughs> but that's a good friend, Right? And we need each other because sometimes we can get all in our feelings. So I want to close with this. Just like it takes a courageous amount of humility to truly clear out the weeds and submit ourselves to God and say, God, not my will but yours be done no matter what it is. Just like that takes courage, it takes courage to submit ourselves and all our feelings to our spouse to wisdom, and to wise counsel. That takes courage, and it takes humility. And God blesses that. He blesses that. So, as a church body, let's humble ourselves. Let's really hear the voice of the Lord together, working together. Ask God, God, what are you asking of me today, tomorrow, this week, this month, this year? What are you asking of me? And then let's dive into that adventure of following Jesus as a family. Does that sound good? Awesome, awesome. Well, let's, let's close in prayer. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. We just want to submit our hearts to the Lord. Father, I just, I thank you, God, that you have everything that we need. And I thank you, Lord, that you, your grace rests on the humble. And so, Father, we ask for grace to be humble, Lord Jesus. Lord God, when we're trying to hear from you, God, I pray that you'll give us the grace to, to take a next step, to unite with our spouse, to, to search the word of God and for your way of wisdom and to listen to wise counsel. Lord, and I thank you, Jesus, that we can hear you and we can move forward with boldness courage, faith, and confidence that you are for us. You go before us and you go behind us. And Lord, as we say yes to you, heaven is going to invade earth. Lord, and you're going to transform lives, our lives, the lives of our families, the lives of this community, this city. And I thank you, Jesus, as we say yes to your mission and to what you're calling us to do, okay, you will draw all men to yourself. And I thank you, Lord, for future baptisms within this church and lines of people who have made a decision to follow you, publicly professing their faith and being transformed by your love and your power. Lord, we submit our hearts to you, Jesus. Open up our ears to hear what you are saying. And we say yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, wasn't today a fun day? Yes. It was great. Well, I love you guys so much, and, uh, and I will see you next week. Have a wonderful week.